energy. We walked around for 35 minutes just in the parking lot looking for this car. The passion. UVM schedules the way they do to get as high a seed as possible in the NCAA tournament and to get as much tournament prep as they can because they're not going to get it from their league. The opinions on all your favorite teams. The organization should be taking care of Matt rather than Matt taking care of the organization. This is the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Short show, 40 minutes today, just up until 6.10, and then it's Red Sox baseball. Sox taking on the Kansas City Royals, first of the three-game series at Fenway. Sox looking to exact some revenge on the Royals for essentially ending their season a couple weeks ago when the Royals took three of four. We'll get you the lineups right before 6-10, but we'll also talk today with Phil Perry of NBC Sports Boston, our Patriots insider at 545. He's with us every Friday. We'll give you some talking points before Patriots and Steelers as well. You can get in on the Napa Morrisville, Napa Waterbury text line. That's 802-585-3026. Your locally owned Napa stores in Waterbury and Morrisville. You can also check us out on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and my Twitter account as well. And our guy Peter in Williston says, have a great weekend, WDEV, listening to the show from my porch. We welcome that, Peter. Five, four, three, two, one. And here we go. The opening thoughts on the Brady Farkas show were brought to you by Sticks and Stuff and by Swanton Lumber, Vermont's most complete locally owned home center with locations in Enosburg, Derby, Middlesex, St. Albans, and at Swanton Lumber. They're online at sticksandstuff.com. I want to start the show today with a question, with a question for all of you, and I want your input on this. Again, 802-585-3026. As we head into week two of the NFL season, I want to know, what are the Patriots right now? Organizationally, what are the New England Patriots? And the reason why I ask you is this. Because I heard two really interesting pieces of audio this morning on my way in, and I want to play them for you before I answer that question of what the Patriots are. The first one is from Ben Volan, who covers the Patriots for, I believe, the Boston Globe. I think they'd be lucky to be just another team right now. I mean, they are, there is no buzz around the Patriots, and it's not just week one. There was no national media attention rolling through Patriots training camp this year, last year. They need to win games, and there's just no buzz around this team. The TV ratings say it all. Usually the TV ratings tank after you pick up a few losses. The fact that it's week one and it's already down by 25%, that is a massive hit for the Patriots. And, look, uh, winning solves everything. So they win some games. There will be interest again. The national media will come back. There will be another team. But th- there's zero buzz. And So Volan says the Patriots have no buzz. He cites declining TV ratings from week one in in the New England area. And he says that nationally nobody cares. So Ben Volan tells you the Patriots are a team with no buzz. Then Albert Breer of the Monday Morning Quarterback, he says this. Well, I think everything's changed as far as that goes. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think this is as attractive a landing spot for coaches as it was five or ten years ago. That's Los Angeles now. That's San Francisco now. So, you know, I think that, you know, if you're a young coach coming up, 
maybe there'd be less of a willingness to take less money, to work more hours, to work here than there was five or 10 years ago when this was sort of the capital of pro football. And it's not anymore. So Breer says Foxborough isn't as desirable a place for younger coaches to go, says it's not the capital of pro football. So Volan and Breer both paint not great pictures of New England. So I ask you again, 802-585-3026, what are the Patriots organizationally right now? Volan says there's no buzz. Breer says it's not the capital of the football world. To me, This all adds up to this. What the Patriots are right now is sad. Or rather, it's sad to see what the Patriots have been reduced to. The Patriots are being passed by. And I told you that this was happening in real time. But now as we can step back a little bit and see, you know, the season started and see how everything panned out from the off season. Now that we can kind of step back, I'm being proven right. The Patriots are being passed by and that is sad. Now I'm not really into star power and I'm not really into drama. So I don't need all that, but no matter what crevice you look under, the Patriots are being just that passed by. Okay. It's, it's pretty much undeniable. The Patriots are being passed by. Number one, the Patriots have a boring quarterback, and that's not a crime. I like Mac Jones. I don't mind my quarterback being boring. In fact, personality-wise, I prefer you to be boring. But Mac Jones is also boring athletically. He doesn't make highlights or plays like Mahomes or Herbert like we saw last night or Rodgers or Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson. And if you're going to have a boring quarterback, You better have athletes that can cover for that. And the Patriots don't have that. They are being passed by. You look look at the other boring quarterbacks around the NFL. Jimmy Garoppolo had Debo Samuel. Geno Smith has DK Metcalf. Ryan Tannehill has Derrick Henry. He had A.J. Brown. Kirk Cousins has Justin Jefferson, has Dalvin Cook. Even Jacoby Brissett has Amari Cooper, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Mac Jones and the Patriots, they don't have that. So as a result, the Patriots themselves are boring. And that is why Ben Bolin tells you there is no buzz. And that is why Albert Breer says they're not the football capital anymore. They're being passed by. They're not good enough to attract attention. They're not interesting enough to attract attention. And they don't have great enough players to attract attention. Now, I love the Patriots. We're going to cover them. We're going to talk about them. We're still going to root for them. But the Patriots, what are they now? They are just increasingly average. After years at the top of the food chain, the Patriots are increasingly average. And they are average and boring. At least with Tom Brady, they were boring and great. Now... They are being passed by in terms of interest. They are being passed by in terms of storylines. They are being passed by in terms of on-field success. And they are being passed by in terms of style of play, overall athletic ability. That's why there's no buzz. At this point, I can't believe I'm about to say this, the New England Patriots might as well be the Detroit Lions or the Atlanta Falcons. They're just not interesting, and that really, really stinks. 
when I think about what the Patriots are and what the Patriots have become, they have become an average, boring franchise. Doesn't mean they can't be good, but right now, they're average. They're probably an eight-win team at this point. Average. And this is sad, man. Like, this is sad. I don't care about star power. That does nothing for me. I told them, I told you about the Red Sox yesterday. I don't need star power. I just need good players. Right now, the Patriots don't appear to be measuring up in any way that you might measure. And think about this. This is a matchup with the Pittsburgh Steelers. These are two of the most successful franchises in NFL history. Two of the most winningest franchises in NFL history. This should be a marquee matchup on the NFL schedule, and instead it's Sunday at 1. Like, this should be a primetime game. This should be a Monday night game. This should be a Sunday night game. At least it should be 425 on on Sunday. Instead, we're getting the Bengals in Dallas. This is a 1 o'clock time slot game. On Sunday, Hall of Fame coaches, I assume Mike Tomlin's going there. This should be a great matchup. Instead, it's a matchup that's being essentially buried by the league. It doesn't mean a whole lot to the league in the grand scheme of things. And that is frustrating also. That is what fr- that is what's frustrating also. Text says, Patriots are a team in transition, much like the Red Sox. Whatever changes are going to happen next year can't be soon enough. The Patriots are dysfunctional. Mark in Essex, Brady, go easy on my Falcons. I suffer enough. You're right. I'm sorry. Fun story. I used to love the Falcons. There was a about a two-year period where I loved the Falcons and I loved the Braves. And I kind of ditched the Seattle teams. And the reason why was I, I moved from Seattle to North Carolina in 1996. And so I was seven years old when I left Seattle. So I still loved, you know, the Seattle teams, but they were never on TV, right? Like 1996, they're never on television. This is before the MLB package, before NFL Sunday ticket. So my teams were never on, not to mention that the Seahawks were never, were not good. So they really were never on. So the Braves were on TBS all the time. So I became a Braves fan because I had access to them and they were good, right? Javi Lopez and Kenny Lofton and Chipper and Andrew Jones and Maddox, Glavin and Smoltz. And I went to Braves games every year. And then the Falcons, I started to love the Falcons. They were on a lot. Panthers were there, too, obviously, in North Carolina. But the Falcons were good. Jamal Anderson, the Dirty Bird, O.J. Santiago, Terrence Mathis, Tony Martin, Ray Buchanan, Chris Chandler. I loved, like, the 98 Falcons. So there you go. There's my love for the Falcons there. So I got some history with them, Mark. Matt and Bolton says, uh, People are picking the Patriots. They think they can do it against Trubisky. I'm hoping so. I think the Patriots are going to win this game, too. Let's put it this way. If they don't win this game, there are massive problems. Like, they have to win. The phrase must-win game gets bandied around way too often. And I understand that mathematically, this is not a must-win game for the Patriots. But symbolically, this is a must-win game. Mac Jones is better than Mitch Trubisky. You have to win games in the NFL when you have the better quarterback. You do. That's why Denver losing to Seattle was so bad on Monday night. Russell Wilson against Geno Smith? Are you kidding me? It'd be one thing if, if Russell Wilson lost to Patrick Mahomes. But to lose to Geno Smith, that is embarrassing. 
the Patriots cannot lose this game to Mitch Trubisky, especially when they have Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers coming up next. They cannot have, if they lose this game, they are very easily staring down the barrel of 0 4. They have to win this game. We're going to get to Phil Perry here in just a couple of minutes. And I, I'm going to ask him that. Do you think this is a must win game? Because I do. I do. Um, Tech says two great coaches are going at it. Yeah, they are. That's why it's sad to see what this has become. Belichick against Tomlin. Lombardi trophies against Lombardi trophies, and it's buried Sunday at 1. As for what the Patriots are, I think Ben Bolin's right. There is no buzz. The Patriots have a boring quarterback. They're generally boring personality-wise. They're boring athletically. Breer says they're not the capital of pro football. They're not, and this is sad. What the Patriots have become before our eyes is not a total dumpster fire, but they have become increasingly average. And that is something that hurts, too. Like, at least when you're awful, at least you're interesting, right? Like, the, the 2020 Patriots with Cam, they were interesting. They, they still went 7-9. and nine. They were still average record-wise, but they were interesting. This Patriots team right now doesn't appear to be that interesting. They got 17 more weeks to change that, but... The buzz is gone from this team, and it's happened right in front of our eyes. This is Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. We're going to queue up Phil Perry here on the phone line momentarily from NBC Sports Boston. So let's get the Phil Perry music, people. It's another football Friday and another look at your New England Patriots. And I will put it at the feet of Mac Jones. I mean, you get you get the credit when everything's going well. First third down of the game, first drive of the game, you throw it right to the other team. Seven points going the other way. With all the info from Patriots Place, it's Pat's insider, Phil Perry. No, it's not that I think less of him. I think the fact that I am high on him leads to the honest criticism of him. I know he's better than the way he's played. On the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV-AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. All right, I want to go right out to the phone line now and bring on our guy, Phil Perry, Patriots insider, NBC Sports Boston. Phil, week two against the Steelers, big game coming up. Pats have their uh, backs against it after what happened last week in Miami. Welcome in again. How are you? I'm doing great, Brady. I'm looking forward to this one. Pittsburgh's always a really fun stadium to cover a game. We know the fans are always into it. The atmosphere is tremendous. Pittsburgh's a great city. Uh, this, to me, was sneaky the best road trip for uh, pa- local Patriots fans looking to make a, a trip this year because it's a great time of year to be in Pittsburgh, too. So uh, I'm fired up. It's be good. You know, I-, I declared yesterday Mac Jones the guy under the most pressure in the NFL this week. I hate this term this early in the season, but this really does feel like a must-win game for the Patriots given the quarterback they're playing against and the quarterbacks they're playing against coming up over the next two weeks. Am I overreacting, or is that a fair assessment? I don't think it's a complete overreaction, Brady. I don't look at it as a must-win in the traditional sense. They can, in my opinion steal a game or two with so many games left this season that would help them eventually make the postseason. But I do agree with you on this front. This is a game they should win. And as a team that is not as talented and is not as well put together probably as you know all those Patriots teams we were used to during the Brady-Belichick era, you really can't afford not to win the games you should win. And so in that sense, you know, and I'm looking at this team 
still, even after week one, as probably a team that's right on the cusp of the playoffs. If you believe all those things are true and you look at this game and say, hey, if one wins the difference between postseason or no, and this is a winnable game, then they've got to win it. So uh, I, I know what you're saying as far as that goes. I just don't know. In terms of the pressure on Mac Jones, that's an interesting question to me because coming off a back injury, he missed a practice this week because of illness. Does the team really try to do all it can to alleviate pressure on Mac Jones, really lean on a running game, and just grind out a low-scoring kind of victory on the road here? You know, I was watching NBC Sports Boston earlier this week, and I was watching Quick Slants, and Kay Adams was on, formerly of the NFL Network, and she said that the sense she gets from Patriots fans is that Pats fans are just kind of, ho-hum, this is what we expected. And that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Like, I expect the Patriots to not be a Super Bowl team, but I also expect them to win the games they're supposed to win, and I expect them to be better than they were a year ago. So do, you, do you get the sense that uh, the Patriots fans are ho-hum, or is she just speaking from a limited sample size? Oh, boy, I think maybe the expectations probably have, have changed, though, right, Brady, for a lot of people. I mean, you and I both felt the same way I would say probably coming into training camp and I looked at this as a team and I said that the floor should be 10 wins you know that was that's where you were last year that's where you should be again you should be back in the playoffs and that was my expectation after seeing training camp and detailing it exhaustively in terms of all the struggles that they had then going through the 17 game schedule game by game my prediction came down a full game, which may not sound like a lot to people, but nine wins probably isn't enough to get you into the postseason. So to me, I think fans' expectations maybe have changed based on what they saw in the preseason. Now what they've seen in week one, I think they're probably looking at this and saying, I don't know if it was the right call to have Matt Patricia run the offense and the offensive line specifically on top of play calling duties. I don't know if Joe Judge is the guy to be ushering Mac Jones into year two and and for him to make that year two leap uh, in a vacuum as an individual talent the way you would expect him to under maybe a different coach. And so I I think there's a lot of uncertainty among Patriots fans right now. And, you know, I don't know what the poll would read, Brady, if we were to to poll them and see what their season-long projections are for wins. But I can't imagine it's much higher than than that nine to ten range. I think that's probably where where uh, even the most optimistic Patriots fans are right now. Phil Perry, NBC Sports Boston Patriots insider with us as he is every single Friday at this time here in the Brady Farkas show on WDEV. You know, I'm watching Thursday Night Football last night. I'm watching Chiefs and Chargers. And those teams just everywhere they look fast and everywhere they look explosive. And it's 75 yards in two and a half minutes to get down the field. The Patriots have tried to address that right and i do believe they can win more track meets this year than they could a year ago but why do they not have what we watched last night (laughs) um where do we start i I think it starts with the draft i think that's where it starts i think you know they have made efforts to become more explosive but they really haven't hit frequently enough and you know the Nikhil harry pick is the obvious one maybe tyquan thornton's a player but he's on IR right now. Free agency, you've tried to add explosiveness in Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. One guy uh, I thought had 
a opportunity for an explosive play in week one and Aguilar beating his man down the field late in that game. And, you know, I guess good for him, but he also ends up alligator arming a, a ball over the middle and then fumbling later uh, on another ball over the middle, uh, maybe thereby explaining why he alligator arms the first one. Um, but, you know, you, you did not hit on that signing in Nelson Aguilar, obviously, through a season in one game. Kendrick Bourne has worked his way into the doghouse and is playing two snaps in the season opener. You know, they just, talent-wise, they still are lacking at that position, Brady. I think it's as simple as that. And that's how the Dolphins looked at them. It was very, very, very clear based on how they played the Patriots. It was double freedom rockets. Two middle fingers right to the Patriots offense saying, we know you can't beat us outside, and so we are going to play you accordingly. A lot of single high safety looks, a lot of one-on-one corners on an island, even without their second-best corner, Byron Jones on the outside, and they said, try to beat us out here. And the Patriots knew that they couldn't win outside. They didn't even attempt as many throws outside as I thought they would, given the coverages they saw. So what was an issue all last year? Lack of talent on the outside, lack of talent deep down the field, lack of talent that would dictate coverage the way that it does so frequently across the NFL. They missed all those things last year. They tried to address those this offseason with Devontae Parker and Tyquan Thornton. But Parker's held to one catch for nine yards. Thornton's on injured reserve. And it looks like a very similar offense to last year, Brady, where, you know, look at their one scoring drive. 15 plays, yeah. eight and a half minutes. That's just who they are offensively right now. I'm not as big a Mitch Trubisky hater as most people are. But do you think the Patriots play him the way the Dolphins played the Patriots defensively? I think they will get up on these receivers and force Trubisky to try to make explosive plays down the field. Now, their weapons are legit, but if you look at some of the numbers from week one, Mitch Trubisky, this this offense, whether it was Roethlisberger last year or Trubisky now, the ball is coming out so quickly, it's almost impossible for the Steelers to get anything going down the Mm. field. Now, I think it all starts where, you know, maybe it's a perfect storm of suck. But last year was, I think, a combination of Roethlisberger's arm and some issues that had started to crop up on the offensive line. Right now, I think it's Trubisky's inaccuracy, but the offensive line is maybe even a greater reason for why this offense looks the way it does because this offensive line is maybe among the worst in football, Brady. It's that bad. And so if the Steelers don't trust that line to protect their quarterback, whoever it is, then they're not going to be able to drop back for three seconds and throw the ball deep down the field. They're not going to be able to run the ball very effectively with Najee Harris. So I think it starts there for the Steelers. I don't think I'm, you're probably a bigger fan of Trubisky's talent than I am. I don't think he's all that good, but I think he really has no shot behind this offensive line that he's playing behind right now. You know, we started the show with this earlier this week on WEI. Tom Curran, your colleague, said that Robert Kraft's confidence in Bill Belichick was a 6.4 and falling. Then Ben Volan on NBC Sports Boston said, I think yesterday, that the Patriots have no buzz right now around the NFL. What is your assessment? Just kind of where the, who the Patriots are right now organizationally. Isn't it amazing that this is a Patriots-Steelers matchup between two teams that reign supreme in the NFL for as long as they did? And now it is just a meh listing yeah. on the, the NFL's schedule for week two. I just, 
it, it's probably one of the more ho-hum games on the entire slate. And there's good reason for that. You know, that both these teams are in transition. Neither team looks like a true contender right now. I would say that's the last place you want to be, though, if you're Robert Kraft. I, I asked him at the owners' meeting earlier this year if he expected to contend, you know, truly contend in 2022, understanding that there was so much change happening, especially on the coaching staff and where those guys might need some time to grow into their new roles. But he said, yes, he expects, he expects to contend. He wants to be in the postseason. He wants to win a playoff game. So I don't know how he could feel looking at his team and looking at how they looked after one week, Brady, but he can't feel all that confident that they are the team that he was hoping they would be. So the fans and how they look at them is one thing. I think how ownership looks at its own team right now is maybe even more significant. We're talking with Phil Perry of NBC Sports Boston. Phil, I'll get you out of here on two more quick questions. You mentioned Robert Kraft. We heard basically this week Robert Kraft is going to make a call down to Bill Belichick's office in order to get Kendrick Bourne to play more. Is Robert Kraft playing the meddling owner and issuing ultimatums really a healthy thing for this Patriots uh, organizational relationship? Yeah, so I'm not sure that's exactly how it played out, Brady. He certainly noticed that Kendrick Bourne didn't play as much as people were expecting him to. Uh, I think it was certainly relayed to him. Uh, I'm not sure it originated with him, but I think it was relayed that Kendrick Bourne would be playing more. And so, therefore, he feels more confidently that Bourne will be a bigger part of the plan. Uh, I'm not sure he has... Uh, as of yet, gone in on on something like this, right? Ownership should be involved in certain decisions. When, when it comes to the quarterback and how much the quarterback is going to make or how much money gets spent in free agency and on home, I, I get it that an owner would be involved in those kinds of decisions. But when it comes to snap counts for your third or fourth receiver, that's not what you're looking for. I also would say I'm not sure that's exactly how it broke down. Phil, I, I I know they're up against it. I know Mac is injured. I know they're on the road. I know there's the offense is in flux. I think the Patriots are going to win this game. I don't know if they're going to win it twenty three to twenty or twelve to nine, but I think they're going to win it. What do you think? I'm with you. I believe they're going to win this game as well. I think they have so much to clean up though from week one, Brady. I don't know if that's a crazy prediction on my part, especially now that we know that Mac Jones missed up one of the team's three practices this week so i don't feel great about this prediction again having seen the protection plan in miami and just how i would say underdeveloped it appeared to be knowing they were going to be going against a blitz heavy offense but i think they will get some of that ironed out i think the quarterback is going to be healthy enough to play that's the expectation and i think they are a better team right now, even with the flux on the sideline, than the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think this is a game, Brady, that the defense will win for them. I think defensively this this will be a quote-unquote you know, coming-out party of sorts. I could see Matt Judon making a game-changing play. I could see Christian Barmore making a game-changing play against that sieve of an offensive line that they have down there in Pittsburgh. So it's going under, Brady. I can tell you that. And I don't know if the Patriots are going to score many more than 20 points in this one, but I do think they will win. Well, I hope you are right. Hopefully we're having a happy uh, 
post-Patriots recap Monday. Phil Perry, NBC Sports Boston, Pat's Insider. Pre-game show on NBC Sports Boston is Sunday at noon. Kickoff is 1 o'clock. Phil, appreciate it as always. We'll talk in seven days. You're the man, Brady. Appreciate you, man. I'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. We'll talk next week with Phil Perry of NBC Sports Boston. Uh, quick takeaways from Phil. It is going to be an interesting matchup. He elaborated on exactly what we said prior to him coming on. This game should be a matchup of huge importance to the NFL, and it's just not. It's just very, very average. He does agree it's a game the Patriots have to win. He wouldn't say must win, but he said you have to win games you're supposed to. So that lines up with everything that we just said. A couple of texts saying the same thing. This is a must-win game. Pats have to capitalize on playing Mitch Trubisky. I do think the Pats win. I do think it's close. I do think it's low scoring. This has 16-13 written all over it to me as long as, you know, Look, Minka Fitzpatrick doesn't get a pick six like he did last week off Joe Burrow. This has the 16-13 Patriots written all over it for me. Um, I did think it was interesting regarding Mac Jones when Phil said, I think he raised a good point, like wondering how much they'll put on him given the injury to the back. I don't know. I do think no matter what, no matter if Mac Jones throws it 20 times or 40 times, he's going to have to make some plays this weekend. I think the pressure does fall on him. That he's got to do something to win them this game. Whether it's 20 passes or 40 passes, he's got to do something. We'll get the national news update. We'll come back. We'll get to some of the key matchups. We'll get to the Red Sox lineups before we get out of here. That's next in the Brady Farkas Show on DEV. Your chance to be part of the show is on the text line at 802-585-3026. This is former NFL wide receiver Keyshawn Johnson, and now we're back to the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV Radio and WDEVRadio.com. Thank you very much, Key. Brady Farkas Show back out of here for a couple more minutes on DEV. Red Sox baseball comes up next, and we'll have the lineups for you in uh, just a matter of moments. A couple of quick matchups to watch in this game. Really, Patriots offensive line against the Steelers pass rush. T.J. Watt is not there, but Alex Highsmith is. Cameron Cameron Hayward is as well. Patriots have to be able to neutralize them. If those guys can get home on their own, then the Patriots are in big trouble, right? If they can not have to do a whole lot of blitzing, if they kind of like we talked about yesterday with the Chargers and Chiefs, if the Steelers can get home with just their front four and drop everyone else in coverage, Patriots are in trouble, right? Patriots receivers aren't going to separate big time, and and there's not going to be huge gaps in the middle of the field there. So if the Patriots line can hold, force them to blitz, and then Mac Jones can beat said blitz, and now maybe you've got, you know, only six guys in coverage or five guys in coverage, well, now life gets a little bit easier for Mac and for the Patriots. Theoretically, that's going to be a huge matchup. The other thing, it's kind of like we were talking with Phil Patriots defensively are going to have to be able to stop the Steelers underneath, right? Claypool, uh, Deontay Johnson, Steelers have playmakers, a wide receiver. They're not going deep. Trubisky threw 38 passes last week. 26 of them were within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. It was essentially like watching what the Patriots do. So you don't have to worry as much about him going deep. You have to worry about him you know, within that 10-yard range. What you can't do is allow them to catch the ball six yards out and take it 26 yards out, catch it eight yards out and take it 48 yards. So Patriots' offensive line has to be good. 
Patriots underneath have to be good in coverage, have to be sticky in coverage, and then have to be able to wrap up and make clear tackles. So that's, that, that is going to be a huge issue in this game is tackling in space. Because if he's going to get rid of the ball quick, as Phil says they are, and hit guys underneath on crossers, you need to plant them. Four yards is four yards. Four yards is not nine yards. Eight yards is not 28 yards. That's what this game is going to come down to. I believe the Patriots win. If they don't, it's going to be a huge issue for us on Monday's show. Monday's show is a full show. We'll have all 90 minutes to recap it. We'll be on from 5.30 until 7. I got the Pats winning at 16-13. I don't think it's going to be pretty. I don't think it's going to be all that well played. But I think the Pats win it, and I'm counting on Mac Jones to be a huge part of it. Royals at the Red Sox. The Royals are 30 games under. The Red Sox are five under. Jonathan Heasley goes up against Michael Walker. For the Royals, MJ Melendez is the DH. Bobby Witt Jr. is at shortstop. Salvi Perez is back in the lineup. He's the catcher. Vinny Pasquatino is off the IL. He's at first. Michael A. Taylor is in center. Michael Massey is at second. Hunter Dozier's in left. Nicky Lopez at third. And Nate Eaton is in right field. Royals will run a bit. 27 steals for Bobby Witt Jr. For the Sox, Michael Waka's 11-1. Tommy Pham's behind him in left. Rafi Devers at third. Xander Bogart's at short. Alex Verdugo in right. J.D. Martinez, the D.H. Tristan Casas is at first. Christian Arroyo at second. Kike Hernandez in center. Kevin Ploiecki is the catcher. He bats ninth. No Connor Wong in the lineup today. That'll do it for us. Thanks to Phil Perry of NBC Sports Boston. Full interview and our full show available on our podcast channel when this show is over on WDEV AM and FM, WDEVradio.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Go Sox, go Pats. See you Monday.